This is Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Maniash. I have no funky intro, no special intro with this one. It's just welcome to Pucks and Seven. Ryan Payton, Victoria Maniash. It's kind of the weekend change it's been. We're back uh, doing the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan and Payton at Victoria Maniash on uh, Instagram at PatesRP and at Maniash Victoria. Uh, lots happening in the National Hockey League, and we're going to go east, we're going to go west to look at the games, going to incorporate some of the games in, in kind of the different conferences that we're going to do. And uh, what I love, number one, I love doing this with you, you know that, but when we do it, and again, we're really going to try to get back in a rhythm now at some point, so maybe twice, three times, whatever it is, but there's always so many interesting things to talk about. And it's not just about the game on the ice. It's about all the stuff off the ice. For example, we're going to talk about three on three. I have, you have, you have down here hot garbage. So we're going to get into that. Oh, the new anyway, proposals, the new proposals, proposals for yes, three proposals, on three. Yeah. I also but, think three on three is hot garbage, but I've been over. Do you really? No, yeah, you do. don't. We'll get into that in a minute. Oh, but the come point on. is we have also have, we also have a lot of gossip, lots and lots of <laughs> right. gossip. So don't it's not even just, get- don't even get me going on and it. And both. So we'll start with the first gossip. You yeah. were, or this is more, um, maybe gossip is a little heavy handed, but you just came back from a pretty excellent trip yeah. to one of my favorite cities. In fact, my mother's hometown, uh, Boston, Massachusetts. She's technically from Reedville, but only five people are from Reedville. So we're going right. to go with, we're going to go with Boston. <laughs> <laughs> and again, one of my favorite cities for a whole host of reasons. This was your first trip. Yeah. So give us the impressions, the city itself, but mostly, of course, the Bruins. Yeah. Um, city first, really nice. Uh, really short. We were at for um, the hot stove show I do on Sirius XM. We went down to the CCM Hockey House. Uh, we did it last year in Toronto. And so they asked us to come down in Boston. And the times that I did get a chance to walk around some of the city, absolutely stunning. And it's a city that, and this is the one thing I took away from it. It's a city that I probably would have not said, and I didn't say, you know what, I, I want to go to Boston. But now, after being there for a bit and seeing a little bit, I say, I want to go back to Boston. I'm going to totally sell you out. You said to me last week on the phone in a private conversation, you said, why does anybody go to Boston? Right. What's in Boston? <laughs> See, I told you. And listen, I love you, Boston. I really do. <laughs> I love you, all the listen, Bostonians. No, it doesn't have the right. glory as a lot of a Los Angeles or a Manhattan yeah, not the or sexy Nashville kinda, yeah. or New yeah. Orleans. Absolutely. First of all, it's a little bit colder, which always is going to factor in, right? Yeah. You're not going there for the sunshine. But it hums with history. It oh. hums with character. It's got a little bit of an edge to it. It has a pace to it that I really enjoy that some other southern cities don't have. But and it's also a huge sports town. They love they love their Patriots. They love their Bruins. They love their Celtics. Yeah. They love their Red Sox. Yeah. They love all of them. The Sox. The, the Habba. Sox. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My buddy Dave, uh, you know Dave, he got chowder. He got the, uh, the Boston chowder. You have to have it there. Yeah. It's, so, it's so excellent. But he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't say it that way. He ordered it. You can't order it like that. You have to order it in the chowder. But he didn't. But anyway, that some... was my grandparents spoke like that. You would get in the car and go yeah. and play some cards yeah, 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 and yeah, go yeah, yeah. some hot. And so I would and, pick it up and I'd come back yeah. here, it would take me a couple of days to lose yeah. the Boston accent after a little while. So it's I love charming. It. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice. Charming. Anyway, it was great. Um and uh, you mentioned the Bruins. Uh, first of all, we had Patrice Berger on the show, um, one of the classiest guys I've ever met. Um I said this to you too when we messaged before we're doing this thing. Uh, he, number one, looks absolutely sensational. He'd get on the ice again. And he did. He was on the ice with some of the kids. And the kids were just <gasps> looking at him like, what the whole, who? Wow. Um, but absolutely classy. Um, and uh, when we actually said to him, we said, yeah, you're going to get in the Hall of Fame one day. He said, you know, 
uh, I appreciate that, but uh, I've never really thought about that. And he really was humbled by the fact that people actually think that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. That told He's me. a first ballot Hall of Famer, so oh, I mean, it's a bit down. of a ridiculous conversation. Easy. But I know, I know he, he's absolutely soaked in humility. He yeah. has been throughout his career. He's one of the classiest players, one of the most effective, probably the best two-way center. With apologies to Anja Kopitar and a couple other individuals, maybe the best two-way center of the past 20 years. I think that. There's yeah, an argument I, to me. Yeah, made it'd be hard to argue that. against. It. Yeah, yeah. And um, everybody around the league looks up to him as an individual, as a person off the ice. He is almost seems flawless. Like I kind of hope he like drops his dirty laundry on the floor <laughs> instead of putting it in the hamper, just so he has yeah. a plot to him. To be completely plastic, he's not exactly hard on the eyes either. When no. you said earlier, you said he's, he's still looking pretty good. I'm like, yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the rest of the segment, we're going to talk about Patrice, <laughs> and it's just going to be Vic. Um, yeah, it was an excellent was. interview, you guys. Yeah. Anybody is, uh, has the SiriusXM app, you have to go back and listen to this episode. Listen to the entire hot stove. It's actually one of their, it was a banger. I really enjoyed it from beginning to end. But listen to the Bergeron interview for sure. It is absolutely phenomenal and uh, definitely a highlight. I would say for you, a highlight of meeting him on your trip. Oh, yeah, it, it was it was amazing. And one of the questions we asked him was about the Bruins and about when he played, the character of the team. And I joked with them saying, well, they don't miss you too much this year because they're still playing excellent hockey. Of course they do. They would be amazing with him. They're amazing without him. But the team, Vic, uh, they, they played Montreal, granted Montreal, not a very good hockey team. But just the way Boston rolled the four lines, three sets of D, um, just how they moved the puck and, and the attention to detail. I think maybe we talked about this last time we did this, that Boston is just a structurally sound hockey team. But to see it with the eyeball test, I was absolutely blown away with how good this team is. It's always different when you watch them live. Sure it is. Always. And, but even watching through the television set, the system is there, the discipline is there, and you understand a little bit more why Jim Montgomery won Coach of the Year last right. year when he was loaded with two great centers in Krejci and Bergeron. And now yeah. he's still winning without them. Um, funny little, you know, uh, lost just the other night. It doesn't matter. They're not going to win every single game. No. But um, but altogether, one of the better teams in the East for sure. Not the best team so far. Maybe the Rangers we can talk about too. But let's flip to another Eastern Conference team. The Toronto Maple Leafs are coming off quite a yeah. trip. Yeah. The entire Global Series affair over in Sweden this past weekend, I'm going to tell you right now, there are four teams involved. The Leafs were one of them. Detroit, Ottawa, and the Minnesota Wild were there as well. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that series five times more than I thought I was going to. Interesting. Just, I know there's this novelty attached to sending, you know, teams. It's growing the game and you want, you know, these fans from other countries to enjoy the NHL sport and all of the rest of that. And that's fine. But I don't necessarily get that invested in it sitting on my couch in Toronto, right. Ontario, North yeah. America. Right. I really enjoyed this. I love this as a celebration of all things Hockey Sweden. Watching Nicholas Lindstrom come out and drop the puck. Watching Matt Sundin read the lineup for the Leafs. Seeing Daniel Alfredson behind the yeah. bench. I really, really enjoyed the whole affair of it. It celebrated um, the country. It celebrated the success that those players from Sweden have had in the National Hockey League. And it celebrated how good William Nylander is as well. I mean, if there was if there was any script that could be written, it was, hey, Willie, you're going to have basically your entire family and friends in the arena. You're going to have two really good games. You're going to get more points, extend that point streak. What's that, 16 now? I think it's at 16. Uh, every time you do that, you're going to extend the AAV on the new contract, which I'm going to get into in a second too. 
But for him to end the game and end the time for Toronto in the way that he did in that in that overtime fashion in that goal, uh, seeing his dad, his family, his grandmother, his grandmother, by the way, in that first yep. game, that was the first yep. game she she ever saw him play. And in pure Scandinavian <laughs> Swedish form, she didn't get that excited about. No, just, yeah, that's my boy. Yep. Like, no, no, she's like, that's what he does. <laughs> yeah, there, there's my grandson doing his yeah. goal scoring thing. <laughs> you know what she was probably thinking? She was probably saying, "Oh, so that's what he does when they. Oh, so they all tell me that that's what he does. That's what it looks like, right?" It was yeah. really cute. It was really cute to see also talking about a handsome, a very handsome grandmother, by the way, as well. It's like, right, look, anyway, doesn't matter. It is definitely feels okay? like the year. I, you need a breather? Like, I'm all right. It feels <laughs> like the year of the Nylander for sure to start this yeah, season. And I can't see much slowdown. He has just got so much swagger out on the ice right yeah. now. Yeah. He is, And he's playing hard, Ryan. Yeah. He is battling for every puck. He has got that extra step on every defender. You saw that the other night. The wild defender. I can't even remember. Was it Jared Spurgeon? I think it was Jared Spurgeon. Had no shot. No shot at catching him at all. And uh, he, it is. It's definitely been a phenomenal season. And the Leafs are playing well all together, except for one. Who's, who are you mad at? Or who are you I'm disappointed not mad. In? I just, the only goal that he scored was the shootout. And I think it was against Calgary when they won the other night against the Calgary Flames. Max Domi. Uh, I, don't, I don't see what he is bringing to the team. I know in one game he stuck up. I don't know who got hit, but he, he had a bit of a fight with whoever. I can't remember who it was. But I just think he's, I think he's regressed uh, off and on for the last number of seasons. I really do. And I think you and I talked about this last year. He was one of the more intriguing players, I think, in free agency, because my question was, there's going to be a lot of teams that want him, but why can't he stick with one for an extended amount of time? And he can't. He can't stick with a team for an extended amount of time. And I guarantee this was a one-year contract. What's he done? You, you tell me what he has done for that team. He's been about as good and as useful as Ryan Reeves has been for Toronto. Well, I mean, they're different players. Your expectations of Ryan Reeves aren't the same, though, right? Like, you expect Physicality, more production. But more, you expect more production from Max right. Domi. You are expecting that. And he did put up some really good numbers with Chicago, basically because there was nobody else to score in that team he played on the top line. This right. is a different situation with him centering this, uh, the third line. I'm willing to give a little bit still of a slow burn here. A little bit. Why? Because it's still November, I suppose. We're 20-plus tw- games in. It's a little bit of a slow burn. Come Teeny on. Amount of a There's slow no burn. slow burn. It's a dead crash at the moment. <laughs> That's what we're happening. There's no sizzle. It's on fire. I will still say that there are players that have good second halves of the season, and okay. he may be one of them. But okay. we're gonna, that's something to look forward to. One thing that he did say, though, Max Domi in particular, when he was over there, they were talking about, he was talking to the press about how he was meeting up with Matt Sundin, who he obviously yeah. knows quite well. His father played with him for years, so <laughs> obviously very comfortable, and he's going to have dinner with the guy. And he said, the best, referred to Matt Sundin as the best Swedish player of all time. Mm. And I thought, huh. I definitely would say top three, top four. Mm-hmm. I would even argue the best, perhaps, Swedish forward, maybe, of all time. Mm. But I'm not sure. Okay, so who's yours? Who's the best? Right now, Ryan, best Swedish player of all time. NHL. Not interested. There's two, and one is Nick Lidstrom. Great player, but also he played behind some really good teams when he was with Detroit. To me, the best player with the most skill and talent, Peter Forsberg. Okay. 
that's interesting because he's yeah. in my top four. Yeah. My other two, and that was the only, my only coin flip at forward is between Sundin and, and Peter Forsberg. Forsberg. Okay. That's my only coin flip. Okay. I still think there's an argument. To me, it's Nicholas Lidstrom, by the way. That's my answer. My answer okay. is Nicholas Lidstrom. I just don't think there was a player. When you call somebody the Swedish Bobby Orr. No, I know. I mean, yeah. That's a pretty nice compliment. <laughs> and Bobby yeah. Orr is considered one of the best players of all time. If not, you know, you could even say top three. You could argue the best player of all time if you're taking away, if you're keeping position in mind yeah. and all the rest of it, and the way he changed the game. So, and to me that I think Boris Salming also just deserves a shout out. And those are more, that that's my quartet. You've got Sandine, but I think Sandine is fourth on that list. Just quickly, and where Forsberg, would you put this? Where would you put the Sedine twins? Probably right after that. Okay. okay. Probably right after that top four. Okay. But it is still Nicholas Lidstrom with the championships, the way he played the game. And looking at him, again, dropping the puck, he looks like he could. He hasn't played for a decade or whatever it is. Yeah. And he still looks like he could go out there. A little smaller, but he still looks in incredible condition. Something about those Swedes, man. Anyway. Yeah, what is happening with you on this <laughs> podcast? This is, I mean, hold on a second. Let's just recap. We've talked Nick Lidstrom. We talked Patrice Bergeron, and who else did we just talk about? You need to- William Nylander's grandmother. Grandmother, so, so I mean, you're you're just, all over the map. I appreciate handsome people. There's I know nothing you wrong with that. Moving right. on, <laughs> a handsome point streak that is uh, coming oh, to well an end. Oh, well done, well done. Not really. I think it was a little <laughs> cheap, but that's all right. A handsome point streak that has come to an end. Unfortunately, I was really rooting for this to go on further, not just because he's on my fantasy team. Our Temi Panarin Ugh. finally put up a goose egg. Actually. He was pretty bad. Uh, the loss, what what day are we here? So Monday's loss to the Dallas Stars. Yes. Was ugly. Second half of that game was rather ugly altogether. Panarin actually finished with zero points for the very first time this season. He also finished a minus three. Not Panarin's best game. They're going to have them. These are still human beings. I still think he is in contention. If he keeps this up, he's in contention for the Hart Trophy. To me, there's no question of that yet. But again, we got to pour one out for Panarin's point streak. It is dead. Um, give him, give him the one-off night, give him the one-off game. Of course. The, the, the only concern, I'm not a concern, but the interesting thing I have with the Rangers, number one, they're a great team. Eight wins last 10 going into this podcast and their tops in their division. Um, and you mentioned too about Boston is Boston, the best team in the East. The Rangers, I think are a close second. I think it's one, a one B at the moment, but you look at the, the statistics on the Rangers and the goal scoring Panarin again, uh, 26 points. That's 11 more. Then Chris Kreider, who was in second with 15. Now, you go down the list, Trocek, Gustafsson, Lafreniere, who I'm really happy that he's actually playing well. 11 points in 16 because I was on him last season. Adam Fox, Mika Zibinijad, all in double digits. But I just think I don't want the Rangers to rely too much on Panarin and overloading on him for to carry most of the offensive load because I don't think it's sustainable. I don't. He's a great player, but I don't think it's sustainable. Nonetheless, having a great season, the Rangers playing dynamite. I will say this, historically speaking, and I mean historically, not just this season, last yeah. season, the season previous, usually when one of either Panarin or Zibanejad is off, the other one is on. Comes through. So yeah. if Panarin slows down a little bit, and I can't really see that happening right now. Again, it's been one game, as you mentioned. If he, But even if he does slow down a little bit, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see Mika Zibanejad. And he, he's been playing well, but I'm yep. talking about kicking it into that next gear because he hasn't reached that quite this level. They Those two always manage to figure that out and they compensate for each other. Yeah. And that's the best teammate you can have. Yeah. And if they do, then watch out even more. That's exactly where it kind of reminds me every time we talk about two players like that. If one is off, the other comes through, Crosby and Malkin. They've been doing this forever. If Crosby's off for a bit, which doesn't really happen, Malkin steps in. If Malkin's off, Crosby steps in. So not a bad issue 
uh, to have if you are uh, the Rangers at the moment. Um, the Florida Panthers, are they playing in the Eastern Conference? Uh, are, are they in that Atlantic division? How come we're not talking about them? This was brought up, and I apologize <laughs> to whoever the reporter was because I forget. Uh-huh. But somebody brought up on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, earlier today. And again, this is Tuesday, November 21st. Maybe we should say that just for right. context. Brought up, are the Panthers the best team in the NHL right now that we're not talking about? And I believe the 8-2 and two Panthers, who are nearly perfect at home, are indeed the best NHL team that we're not talking about. Not just because I'm a Panthers fan, as anybody listening to this podcast will acknowledge. I fell for them last January. Oh, you did. And I have been, I've always respected them. <laughs> yeah. Stop it. <laughs> you did. I've always respected them, but I really, I did. I bought, bought a sweater. Uh. I went down and watched them play a Stanley Cup final game. <laughs> I really, really jumped on board. Uh-huh. I like the way they play. And I will tell you this right now. I watched them play uh, the Monday night game. And against the Edmonton Oilers, who we will get to in our second segment. They are unrelenting. I'm not saying they don't make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. They keep coming out. They do not give up on plays. They never stop battling along the boards. They're relentless on the forecheck. They never stop. They are full on stride. Every single, it doesn't matter where they are on the ice, neutral zone, defensive zone, defensive zone. Doesn't matter. Yeah. They're full bore. Credit to Paul Maurice, credit to yeah. every player on that team. And, and now they have Montour and Ekblad back. Yeah. Bennett's back, scored his first goal of the season last night. Look out. I'm sorry, Ryan. I know you're dying. Go. No, I'm not dying. No, no, no. I'm, well, I hope not. Let me check my pulse. No, I'm good. Um, <laughs> the, that This is how they played toward the end of last season and into the postseason. This is how they played. They never gave up on any play, even when they were down to Boston. In those games, in the series, they never gave up. And then you saw it in the second round, saw it in the third round. You saw it, they came up short in the final. Vegas was just an incredible team. They were broken by that point. Yeah, though. yeah, there was a lot. But the point is, you're right. And the and, and the the one play that stood out for me against Edmonton, which again, yeah, you're right. We're going to get into unfortunately next segment. But when uh, Matthew Kachuk, I think, hit McDavid and Sam Bennett, I forget who he hit, but it was right at the uh, Panthers bench at the same time, right when the whistle went. I just thought, okay. Are, are they going in to try to rough things up? I don't know. But the fact is, basically, two of them at the same time, one of them against the best player in the game, I thought that was telling. I don't know if other people do, but I really thought that was a telling play. They're not intimidated. Yeah. They are not intimidated by any competition. And I just, I will have, I will have greater expectations and more respect for a team that maybe doesn't have the same degree of talent, but is all out all the time. Hustle. Why are yeah. they physical? And they are fun yeah. to watch. And if they stay healthy, Barkov also was off for a game because right. he's got a minor upper body injury. They don't expect him to be out long. Thank goodness. But when this team is healthy, this team can beat anybody. They can beat anybody. So look out for the Panthers. I um, have been very surprised, pleasantly surprised by the second best team in the Metro, the Flyers. I did not have them. First of all, um, I had Carolina, the Devils, and the Rangers battling one, two, three. I know we have a long way to go. What, 16, 18, 19 games into the season most of these teams have. I did not see the Flyers. I did not see the Capitals, which we'll get into. I didn't see Philly at this point. I think it's a really good story. I love watching this. How many have they won in a row? Uh, five. Five. <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers crazy. have won five yeah. games in a row. And only the last two because of Carter Hart. Because Carter right. Hart has looked outstanding in those last two games. But he was hurt before then. And yeah. they were still winning games. And so, again, I guess we got to throw 
uh, what is it? Uh, give flowers to? What's the expression the kids say? Deserve I'm, some flowers? Oh, for who? Who? You t- what is the whole? This is <laughs> this is weird. Deserves <laughs> their flowers. There's this. No, there's a, a give, the youth like the fr- like the expression. They deserve their flowers. Okay, John Tortorella deserves a little bit of credit. I know Here's what you were point. getting at. Right. Okay. 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 John Tortorella because right. he. This is Props. not. Props. props. Give him props. Props flowers. to John. Imagine giving flowers to John Tortorella. <laughs> it's an expression, right? Oh, yeah. That, I know that would be a, That'd be an interesting exchange. <laughs> yeah. They are, this is not the most talented team in the East. This is not no. the most talented team in the Metro. I would say this is probably bottom three talent-wise. Yeah. There are some good players on this team, but as a whole, this is not the most talented team that we're talking about. But he's getting them to, to buy in. I like the way that Cam Atkinson looks. You can't say enough about Owen Tippett, especially yeah. it's that slow, slow start to the start of the season. And I said some unpleasant things about him in my column on ESPN.com. And from a fantasy viewpoint, I was like, give him a minute, bench him until he comes around, yeah. which he has. Yeah. And he is now erupted and he looks like the Owen Tippett that we got used to last year playing under torts. And again, the flat, you can't argue the strength of competition hasn't been their game in game out. They just beat Columbus the other night is my point. And, uh, but it doesn't matter. Five in a row is five in a row and second place in the Metro is second place in the Metro. Do you think the MVP of the team to date is their goalie? Carter Hart? He hasn't played enough. So no. I I was just, I was just trying to get a thing out of you because Hart trophy MVP in the league. Hart. Hart, Oh, okay. Carry on as you were, (laughs) but you know what? A 2.2.4 goals against that's (laughs) impressive for me when it comes to the class. Yes. He continues to play that way. I've always been a fan of his. I always have been. I want to be. Okay. Okay. That's how I'm, that's how I'm going to phrase it. Wow. That. You got a high he's expectations. Broken, he has my broken my gosh. heart. Yeah. As a fantasy oh, manager and a fantasy. Heart. I didn't mean that. Oh my goodness. Oh, that was I good. Oh, I didn't mean it at all. Yeah. Anyway. We're hanging out way too much. Uh, <laughs> the Capitals. You surprised with this team too? I'm more surprised. Really? No, no, no that's not true. I'm equally no. surprised. No. Okay. I was going to say I'm more surprised by the Capitals playing as well as they have as the Panthers playing as well. Okay. Like they're okay. playing better. But yeah. that's that measuring stick is now becoming a little bit weird. But they have one, Charlie Lindgren. There you go. I am su- I'm exceptionally surprised that they're getting the best goaltending from their backup right now. I don't yeah. think that's uh, nobody had that on their bingo card. Nope. So, and now the Capitals the very old, very slow, but still hard for checking capitals are going to look to make it four straight against the sabers on wednesday night there's a ton of games on wednesday night really packed in there like six what is it yeah it's hours 14. there's 14 oh my games goodness because they have thursday off for thanksgiving yeah. Yeah. so and uh and again we're gonna have we might very well the way that the sabers are a little bit wobbling right now i know they got a key win the other day but they're wobbling a little bit so we might be talking about the next time you and i are chatting we might be talking about the four and oh capitals in the last couple of weeks, because they had that big long break too. So you know, you know what is the statistic that stands out the most to be about Washington? What's that? The San Jose Sharks have scored the fewest amount of goals in the league at twenty-seven. Right. Washington's second worst at thirty-nine. Well, so they've they only scored, scored thirty-nine, given up forty, and they're nine four and two. Okay, they have scored one fewer goal than they've allowed. Yeah. And they're eight one and one in their last ten. I know. <laughs> so this is why yeah. this is we're gonna call it unsustainable. Yes. <laughs> you, just, you think this, you're gonna start to lose those games because <clears throat> you just this is this is the math is worth it working too much in your favor on yeah. any given night. The bubble yeah. is gonna burst at some point. But right now, good on them. And we're talking about the Rangers, Philadelphia Flyers, and the Washington yeah. Capitals, top of the Metropolitan Division. Love it. Uh Columbus is a mess. 
Patrick not, Wines. Not the top of the Metropolitan No, Division. right. Not the top of the <laughs> no, Metropolitan We go from Division. here all the, the way, way down to, to there. Patrick Laine spoke on Tuesday, and he said, it's probably the most embarrassing thing that's happened to me when he was benched, healthy mm-hmm. scratch against the aforementioned Philadelphia Flyers back on Sunday. I'm telling you, um, this team to me just is nothing. They do not, they, they don't have, they don't know what they are. Johnny Gaudreau is not having a good season. Line has been terrible. They don't know who they are. And if you don't know the identity of your own team, you're not going to be successful. I will say this. It doesn't seem to be driving very well with their new coach, Pascal Vincent. Because you've no. got to remember, this was not the plan. This is supposed to be, we know whose team. Until Babcock did Babcockian things and lost right. his job right. just before the start of the season. But there seems to be a big disconnect here. Never mind the healthy scratching of Patrick Line, who, by the way, was only back for a handful of games after he was hurt. So I, I don't know. Are we... Jumping the gun. Yeah. I don't know, jumping the gun a little bit on that. Yeah. But they he also had both of his two best players as benched and for a good portion of third periods of late. I find that when you're trying to forge a new relationship with players and they you as a bench boss in particular, I just think there's going to be a big issue of distrust and mistrust going forward between all three of these. And if you don't get Johnny Goodrill going and you don't get Patrick Line going with the rest of the supporting cast, this happening. is going to be a very, very long season. I have one question for you right now. Are they worse than the San Jose Sharks? Oh, that is very good. My initial thought without thinking too much is yes. Yes, yeah, so is mine. At this point, yes. And I made this point on another show the other day under review with Mick Kern. Adam Fantilli came out a little while ago and he was frustrated and he's like, I'm, this is a rookie we're talking about. Right. And he's like, I'm super annoyed. He used different language, but this is a family, a family friendly show. I'm super annoyed. I can't stand this. I don't care what team I'm on, whether we're rebuilding or not. I want to win every night and we're not giving ourselves a shot. When a rookie with literally a handful of games underneath his NHL socks is saying the most powerful words that to me, speaks volumes about the oh, lack does. of leadership on this team. Yep. The lack of they don't know what they are. They don't yeah. know who they are. But they, they don't. don't seem inspired. They don't no, seem they, to care. Well, would you be would you be inspired playing Columbus? Hey Johnny Gaudreau, how does that sound? I'll sign for less. It's such Come a mess on, and I feel so bad for hockey fans in Columbus. I've been to Columbus a bunch of times. I watch hockey games in Columbus and that fan base cares. They yep. deserve so much better than this. That's a road trip you and I should think about because we can actually yes. do it quite quickly. It's not to. that far. And um, it's a great, great hockey town. It's a great town altogether and they deserve better than what they've got right now. Last one before we uh, hit the break. Um, three on three overtime proposals as you have on the lineup are hot garbage. <laughs> so I'll let you uh, take it and then I'll respond. I after. don't even want to get into any of this. I don't want to get into this. Make the, well, we, the blue line, the red line, the red yeah. line, the blue line. You have you have shot clocks. So you, I don't know. We have to do four jumping jacks before you can move the puck. I don't want to get into any of this crap. <laughs> okay. Let's play the game of hockey the way that the game of hockey is designed. If you want to make, I don't like the current situation going to the shootout either. I don't want any game decided on an individual effort where a team sport is, is involved. I'm talking so fast I'm mumbling. I don't want anything to do with it. The only proposal I want. If you're going to stick with three on three, and I would much rather four and four, but I know I'm in a minority there. If you're going to stick with three on three, go the eight minutes, go the 10 minutes, at least give them an opportunity. And don't give me this, oh, the, the star players play too much. They're going to be tired. You know what I say to that? 
win it in regulation then. Take greater risks in regulation, win the damn game in regulation so you're not forced to play the extra minutes, then nope. you're not tired. It's uh, all in your hands. I will say this, I agree, finally. Um, I don't like the shootout. I did initially, but I don't like it. I would much rather see three on three for an extended amount of time. Give it 10. Um, in the BCHL, they went from three on three uh, up to 10 minutes. And the percentage of games that went to a shootout dropped from 41 to 14. Oh my goodness. 41 huge. down to 14. There to you your go. point about the star players, if they need a, a break, okay, I'm, I'm going to put, put this point into that. How fun would it be to see, say, six, seven minutes into overtime, you put guys on the third and fourth line out against guys on the third and fourth line from the other team? Give them a shot. Give the Matthews and McDavid's yeah, a bit of a... Gonna, I know they're not, they're not but my that, point though. is, if yeah. you're so concerned, right. do one shift of maybe 20, 30 seconds, give the guys an extra breather, and then come on. I don't think the shootout should be in the NHL because it's a team game. Any game that's decided with a team, it's a team sport, don't have the shootout. Soccer, don't even get me going. I know soccer can take eight days if they don't do the shootout, but I still. I love soccer. You, you shush. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this has been quite the segment. There's a lot of flowers, and now I'm telling me to be quiet. You know what? I'm telling you, I'm telling you this right now. This is me alienating pretty much every hockey fan who's listening to us. Yeah. I like ties. Give me a three-point win and a one-point tie. I'm good. But yeah. again, I know I'm in a very small minority in that thinking. Please increase it to 10. 8 to 10, whatever it is, and I'm then good go with that. Uh, we'll head west after this. Pucks and 7, Ryan Payne, Victoria Matiach. We'll be back. Welcome back to Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Madiash. That is Ryan Payton, and I am, or I should say you are, because I'm talking to you right now. You are Ryan Payton. Well, I think that is was fine, because that if is. the listener is like, okay, that is, and then they're picturing. But I, I, I see what you mean. You hey, I'm, are, looking, yeah. I'm looking at you, and you are Ryan right. Payton. That, for <laughs> yes, our listeners, that is Ryan Payton. I'm Victoria Madiash. We're yeah. here for a second segment. So cleanly entering our second segment. Oh boy, how about this? Pucks this is seven. not going to be in the uh, uh, Pucks and Seven Hall of Fame when we're no, all, it's not, when we're it's all done. We just uh, sashayed through the East with a bunch yep. of gossip and other things going on in the league, and now we're going to head westward. And I was hoping that we weren't going to start again with the Oilers after the coaching change because I was sort of hoping that they, things were going to turn around. Perhaps nope. not drastically, mm -mm. but somewhat. And uh, as you've already <laughs> mentioned twice in the last 30 seconds, uh -uh. they have not. <laughs> now, it looked a little brighter to start, but you always have to consider that new head coach bump, right? When somebody new comes behind the bench. Yeah. And it's like when you're in school and you get a new teacher halfway through the year, you, you start to behave yourself again and try harder for about a week or two. But if you're a lousy student and you're not inspired in the first place, you're not all of a sudden going to change your ways no. once you get used to the new teacher. So they this won a couple. Yeah. Three, and then they uh, looked absolutely god awful on Monday night. This this is nothing to do with the coach. This had nothing to do with Jay Woodcroft. This has nothing to do with Connor McDavid's family and friends now taking over most of the Edmonton positions right. with the Oilers organization. This is on every single player on that team. They're disinterested. Um, they show spurts, but do I think the season's lost? Yeah, I do. I think it's lost already. I really do. I would be very surprised if Edmonton makes the postseason this year. I'm going to leave it I mean, at that. 
that that's felt a big like a bolder, that's a big stretch. I get it. It felt like a bolder statement, definitely a week ago or of a course. week and a half ago than it does now. But it still feels like I still see them as a wild card team. So I still think that they have they just have when you have the two best players in the world, and I know we keep on saying that, and it's starting to ring less loudly every week we say it because they do have the two best players in the world and they're not winning hockey games. I will say this, the defense is a mess. They're, you're just watching them chase the puck, chase the puck. There's no organization. They look completely discombobulated watching them against Florida and that loss to Florida on Monday night that it's, I, they look like a much lower league defense out there. If, sure. Particularly on special teams, but yeah. even five on five, it's just a disaster. Just chase, 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 chase. The only member of that team, I will say, who's having really, really awful puck luck that I can see turn around at a moment's notice is Leon Dreisaitl. He's missing his one timers, and he doesn't miss those. And that's not a that's not an effort thing. No. No. He has his patented, his That's patented way of yeah. scoring and yeah. he's hitting a post or the goalie makes an outstanding save or he's kind of missing it a little bit and he's going to hit one and it's going to go in and he's going to hit a whole bunch more and they're all going to go in and Leon Dreisaitl is going to be just fine. My point is, I don't think that's going to solve the problem. That's going to help a little bit to see him scoring again because he's not scoring right now and Connor McDavid isn't scoring much right now either. No. Those two will eventually start scoring. It just probably won't be enough long term. Not the way that defense is playing and this is not all on the goaltender at all. I mean, Calvin Pickard was not good, but Stuart Skinner has been good and he's still struggled behind that defense. I think they have to make a change in goal. I really do. Where? Who? I don't know. I don't know. But I think they. I think they need to find something. I, I honestly don't know. I don't I think know. They, two, they need two new defenders to start, and I, this is impossible. You can't make wholesale changes in the middle of a season. You have to do that in the off season. They need two new defenders stat. Yeah. And you have to move a couple bodies in and out of that bottom six. I don't think you can do anything about the goaltending. I just don't think you can. I don't think there's anybody sitting there twiddling their thumbs. First of all, there isn't. And I don't think there's another team that's willing to make that trade. I don't. Um, social media. Mm. Spectre Peel. You're up. Okay. So Mark Spectre, there was a, a fight. We can call it a fight. I think we can sure. call it a fight. Yes, absolutely we can. On Twitter X on Tuesday between former ref Tim Peel. And hockey writer, columnist, Mark Spector. Yep. This was all based on after the Oilers, again, not great loss to the Florida Panthers on Monday night. Mark Spector asked Connor McDavid, who has to roll out and answer the same questions. And I, he does. I'm sorry. That's the gig. If no, you I know. Yep. losing, you're going to answer. Yep. You're going to be asked the same questions. It's part so of it. So many different questions we can ask you. Yep. And Mark Spector asked again, well, you know, you're just letting in too many goals. So would you rather win a game 4-1? I'm summarizing, by the way. So yep. if you want to go and check the at, exactly how this conversation went, go and check out some video. Would you rather uh, win a game 4-1 or 7-5? The obvious answer, of course, is you would much rather win a game 4-1 because who you don't want to win. It's fun for the fans to, to watch a 7-5 game. Yep. It's not fun to be on the ice for a 7-5 no, win. You like the W, and that's about it. So McDavid is annoyed again, and he's been annoyed all season, and you can't blame the guy because no. he's answering the same questions over and over again. These are negative questions. But at the same time, Spectre still has to ask something. Well, Tim Peel, ref Tim Peel, basically rips him to shred on social media, but, which is fair, you can do whatever you want on social media, but exposes screenshots 
of yeah. a private conversation between him and Tim Peel. They're fighting mm-hmm. through text, mm-hmm. like people do. Mm-hmm. The expectation this is a private conversation, and Tim Peel screenshots it, throws it on Twitter X for everybody to read, and then the whole NHL media world went cuckoo bananas. This is what is uh, unfortunate about social media is that people think that private conversations that everybody in the world should know about it. I think it's terrible. Uh, I have no interest in seeing the two of them going back and forth about anything, to be honest with you. Um, it is what it is. That's too bad. I, I will say this, Mark Spector. I, yeah. I don't think, I don't think that it was a great question. Okay. It wasn't. It was fine. not. A, it was not a great question. It was not a great question. He, he's asked some better ones over his whatever, 30 plus course, years. Whatever 35 years. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was not a great question. No. However, if you're having a private conversation, this is far more on Tim Peel than it is on Mark Spector. It if is. If you're having a private conversation, you keep it private. And this is going to eventually blow up in Tim Peel's face because he's going to lose friends and people are going to stop talking to him. I yeah. know I'm not texting with Tim Peel anytime soon unless I am fully prepared for that conversation to be yeah, exposed. To be leaked. I know no. when you and I text each other, it's between you and I. Yep. No one else is going to see that. And that's important. So yep. to actually put it out there. So anyway. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, Mike Medano. But, but, but a little entertaining. A I, little entertaining. No, uh, no, I'm not. No, okay. don't I will you, say. You're not, no, you're not even going to convince me. No, no. Uh, I will say happening. a little entertaining. Okay. Moving on. Mike my Medano was, was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Number one pick in the 88 draft, Mike Medano. Yes. <laughs> Um, look, he, one of the, one of the best to play one of the best Americans to play, um, first in stars, North stars history and goals, assists, points, uh, game winning goals, games played, uh, won the cup in 99, which shouldn't have counted that yes, goal against, yes. but, but, but that's the, not his fault. That's I know not it's fault. not, but still, I just picture Brett Hall, Dominic Hasek in the crease. Yeah. Anyway, oh, um, Buffalo. he's going to have a statue unveiled. Uh, outside American Airlines Center on March 16th, ahead of their game against the LA Kings. I think it's uh, a well, a well-deserved honor. Just took a bit, though, eh? It did. It did. It did. It, I, I'm yeah. surprised. It's. I'm not surprised it's happening. I suppose. Um, he played a while ago. I'm a little surprised it's happening now. But sure, build the statue. The only thing that I don't like is retiring numbers. If you want to build statues and. Yeah you know, make paintings or paint paintings and raise jerseys. He had and all his. That. He had his that number was. retired 2014. Yeah, of course he did. And now they're making a statue. Right. Sure. Sounds good. I will say this. That's going to be a fun night. Dallas is playing the LA Kings. Yes. No, no, no. Yep. Yes, they are playing the LA Kings. So it was interesting. It would have been neat to see if they could do it ahead of Detroit, a game with Detroit. It's the only other team he ever played for. Right. Yes. But his memories of playing for Detroit. We mentioned Mike Babcock earlier, right? (laughs) Yeah. Can we talk about that? How many, how many games did Mike Bedano play? For Detroit? I no, in his career. Oh, a lot. It's yeah, in front of me. Okay. So the story, the story is that Babcock wouldn't let him play his fifteen hundredth game. Oh, that's right. Yes, he played fourteen hundred and ninety nine, and mm-hmm. Babcock sat him and didn't let him play his fifteen hundredth for and whatever he only reason. Played oh, because he's trying to make a point and he wants to exert What's the, the fact he's the alpha male. Oh my god! And that's just been Mike Brutal. Babcock's thing his entire career. But he only played forty games with Detroit that year. No. So he could have easily played 41 for 1,500. And come on. So come the on. The Kings game is good. That March game is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. That Kings game is going to be a lot of fun. You know who also is having a lot of fun? Who, Vic? We are segueing it crazy today. <laughs> this <Three> segment. <laughs> Canucks, two forwards and one defender, uh, are in the top five in points 
So basically gunning for the Art Ross right now. We've got Elias Pedersen, yep. JT Miller, and defenseman Quinn Hughes, who scored just, uh, just the other night. Give Quinn, at this point, the Norris. You need oh, to yeah. oh, also yeah, yeah. potentially think about what he's doing now. Is this going to be Eric Carlson numbers by the time the season's done? Don't know. But the fact is, Vancouver's playing very well. Is that sustainable? Not sure. We'll see, because Vancouver has a track record of doing well and then kind of going south and then trying to get back and losing out on time and games and they don't make it. Anyway, Quinn Hughes, also in the discussion for the heart. I know it's so early for that. But when you have three of your three in the top five, I talked about Vancouver being surprising to me, other teams being surprising to me, like Philly. I did if I were to say if I was to say to you at the beginning of the season, by almost the end of November, three Canucks will be in the top five in scoring. I don't think that you would think I knew what I was talking about. Oh no, absolutely not. Yeah. There's no way. Not three and five. First of all, I don't know what team are you picking three and five from just in general. Edmonton, at least two. Edmonton too. Yeah, but who's the third? That's I don't the know. big question, right? Yeah. Who's the third? And to actually Gretzky. have three up there, yeah, to have three up there it, yeah. from the same team is really quite something. And I will say this, you just brought up the Carlson comparison with Quinn Hughes because he is on pace to absolutely obliterate yeah. the 100 yeah. uh, point mark. He's a far more less liable defender. He is a he is a defender as well. Right. Quinn Hughes plays the two-way game for that team. Yep. And that's also another reason. And the leadership qualities he's bringing as well as captain. And I know there was a lot of discussion when he was named captain, whether that was the appropriate choice or not. And it certainly looks like the damn appropriate choice right now. So He is, yeah. And, and obviously when players in any sport, they put up a lot more points over a short amount of time, you, you look at them a bit more. You think, oh yeah, Quinn Hughes. So I've on I've looked at him more than I have in recent years with him. He's he's almost at a different level. I mean, there, there's some really good elite defensemen in the NHL. He's up there with the elite defensemen. Would you NHL. say Kale McCarr, Hughes, Adam Fox? Sure, I was thinking I think Fox for sure. Right. Yeah, right. It's and yeah, at McCarr and Hughes with, with the way Hughes is playing this season, it's a close one. One mm-hmm. A and one B. Uh, the LA Kings hate playing at home. I don't know why it's such a nice arena. I just don't. After, <laughs> after 82 games. You got the 41 at home, yeah. 95% of the teams, the winning teams, will have a better record on home ice than they will away from home. LA's not lost in eight games away from crypto. Now, to be fair, they are three, three, that's and fine. three at yeah, home. Yeah, but they're eight. But that's a losing record. Oh, and oh, I know. Yeah. that's yeah. A, So they're perfect on the road. So those of you who like to make your wagers, keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. They're perfect on the road. They're eight yep. no on the road. And I think they're actually, I, you got to check this for me. I think they're actually visiting. Who are they visiting? They're visiting. Oh, they're off for a little bit too. Okay. But I think they play in Montreal on Saturday. Well, so if you want to ring, to win. You wanna ring one up. <laughs> Nine and oh. Yep. So I think we might be talking the nine and zero on the road, Los Angeles Kings. And if you think about it, I so what I watched them play live at Crypto uh, Arena. They they actually came back from they were behind a substantial amount. They were down three. They came back and tied it and ended up losing it in overtime. It's an incredibly entertaining game. This is yep. against the Carolina Hurricanes about a month or so ago. And um, but if you think about it, three three and three is three and six. They have three wins and six. No, it's true. No, you're right. At home. Yep. Yep. So uh, you get the loser point. Good for them. But at the same time, they're not closing it out. I think it's one of those things that works itself out in the wash, especially in the (laughs) NHL when you have last change at home and you have the advantage of where you are on the ice and where the bench is and all the rest of it. This is going to work itself out 
by the time the season is over. It's not they're not going to continue to win three, lose six at home no, no, throughout no, the no. season. So yeah, they're, they're, it's just interesting. The next two games against Anaheim and Montreal, and one is away, one's at home. So you know what? Try to get that home record above five hundred <laughs> because you're going right. to play one of the teams on home ice. Winnipeg Jets, Kyle Connor. I think we talked about him last time we did this. Just, just the way the team is playing, I'm happy to see what they're doing. Um, I know that when the whole thing with Blake Wheeler and the captaincy taken away not too long ago and the Mark Shifley thing at the end of that season with some problems in the room, and you could just feel the sense, and Paul Maurice leaving as well, you just got a sense the team was going south and they weren't going away for vacation. It just it didn't seem to me kind of like the identity factor that we are, are looking at for some of the teams like Columbus this season. It was it was I was wondering where the identity of that club was. So I'm really happy to see that they're playing decent. I am. I'm surprised. Kyle Connor quietly one of the better players in the game. We talked about the Panthers not uh, talking about them too much. Kyle Connor, we need to talk more about him, I'm like we're doing right now. I'm starting to hear that from a lot of people, and it gets to the point. Remember when Alexander Barkov was considered the most underrated player for like six years running? So everybody was talking about how Barkov was underrated. And my point was, if we're all talking about him being underrated all the time, he's no longer underrated. That's (laughs) true. That's said. I think we just enjoyed talking about him being underrated because he was in a non-traditional hockey market. And so we kind of dove into that. And I'm starting to get that feeling now because this dates back a couple of years too. I think we've talked about Kyle Connor being an underrated goal scorer for a little bit now to the point that maybe at least amongst media members, and I know we don't matter. It's about the fans. Absolutely. And we're fans as well. So I think we're, but the fans listen, the fans listen to podcasts and radio shows and watch television, all the rest of it. That I think now he is the new underrated goal scorer. That isn't really underrated. Because yeah. we're talking about it, about him all the time. And you know what? <laughs> I remember when Barkov and Huberdeau were teammates, and the discussion also was with him. So they have two of the most underrated players on their team. Right. Kyle Connor, 14 goals, mm-hmm. 8 assists, 22 points at this point in the season, and we're doing this again on the Tuesday. And over his career, uh, look what he did last year. 31 goals. Before that, 47. Before that, 26. Before that, 38. The guy can score. He had 47 goals in 21-22 in 79 games. Three away from 50. There's no way that when he came in the league, I'd say that guy has a shot of getting 50. I Not just a didn't know much about him. Yeah. I, honestly, him coming into the league, I didn't know much about him. I know a yeah. lot more about him now, but ahead of time. So, uh, yeah, he's going to uh, he's going to be right up there. If he stays healthy, he is going to be right up there. And it's really nice to see on the Jets, Cole Perfetti as well, coming yeah. into what we were expecting him to be eventually. I know it's tough being a rookie in this league. Now in his sophomore year, he's really starting to turn it on. And, man, he looks good. He looks good out yeah. there. Yeah, no, he does. Kyle Connor, 17th overall pick in the first round in 2015. I forgot that he was picked as high as he was in 2015. Um, let's move on. The Ducks. What do you think? Things they're starting aren't, to lose. Yeah. They're starting to lose, and they're starting <laughs> the, to score fewer goals, which yeah, is going to be wi- the biggest problem. And there's no surprise with this to me. Of course because not. Th- this is not a good hockey team. They, they have good talent on the team, they're individual talent. They also have... A good forecast, I think, but they're a ways away. So if ever Anaheim goes on a run where, oh my goodness, you know, this team is, no, they're not going to make some noise. What they are, are a below average team, and they have a good bunch of players and young guys on the team that can do something at some point down the road, but I'm not surprised with this. 
uh, we both talk on different shows and we make different appearances on different NHL related shows, most yep. often on Sirius XM, but on some terrestrial radio shows as well. And I have said this so many times in the last three weeks that I'm bored of myself, sickly, sickly <laughs> bored of myself. They're, the Ducks have been this the last few years. They come yep. out super strong yep. and you're like, oh my goodness, do we need to take them seriously? And then 10, 15, 20 games in, we see the dip again because the experience still isn't there. It's going to be, they have some really good players. Leo Carlson is going to be a great player. Mason McTavish is going to be a star in this league. Yep. I'm not the least bit worried about the Ducks, but what they need to do on defense and also just to gain more experience and bring some more bodies in there. We're not there yet, kids. And uh, we got a little ways to go and that is a-okay. But they lost three straight now and this is more. And again, they're not scoring. When no. they were winning the games earlier, they were scoring and they're not scoring now. I will say this, um, a very nice story in Anaheim is Frank Vitrano. It's oh, yeah. a very, very nice. Mm -hmm. 12 goals. He had 22 last season in 81 games. <laughs> he is 10 away and he's played 18 games. Why are you laughing? Tell me. Because I don't think the Frank Vitrano family was expecting this right. from Frank Vitrano. So, <laughs> and it is, and it's a ton of fun to watch and good for him. Yeah. And he's obviously going to better his numbers. There's no question of that. And he's going to continue yeah. to score and he's going to have an excellent, excellent season. But yeah. again, when it's so anomalous, when it's completely out of the blue, it just, it reminds me of the William Carlson first Vegas year. Right. And then right. it leveled off after that. And that was fine because William Carlson has still been a very productive, very excellent and valuable player for the Vegas Golden Knights and helped them win a Stanley Cup. Yep. Like really helped them win one. Yep. And Huge. that's going to be Frank Vitrano as well. And that's, it's great for him, but obviously getting off to this torrid start, it's uh, not quite sustainable. So. No, it's not at all. Um, international uh, discussion when it comes to <sighs> hockey. Okay, just hold on one second. I'm sending you flowers to help you. No, that's not the expression. Give him his no. flowers. He deserves I know, his but flowers. The, yeah, <laughs> the fact is we talked about Tortorella and flowers in the same <laughs> Sentence in the first segment is beyond me. Anyway, so the NHL and the league, they're looking to host an event before the 26 Olympics. Yeah. And that's going to be the finally see a best on best hockey tournament, hopefully in 2025. And the proposed tournament, if I'm not mistaken, has four nations, Canada, the US, Sweden, and Finland. What do you think about this? Well, I mean, it depends what they want to call it. And they just want to call it like four nations because they do that in rugby. They have four they nations, do. five nations, six nations. Yeah. Right? It's now it's six nations. It used to be five nations. You want to have a four nations cup in hockey? Rock it out and just have those countries participate. You call it anything with the world globe or world no. yeah, or yeah, yeah. You, you can't do that you cannot do that too many other what leon dreisaitl doesn't get to play on this no nope. a whole bunch of great slovak and czech players don't david get to pasternak play in this. doesn't get a chance no to david play pasternak so i mean let's just <laughs> let's just take a breath here and yeah. tim stutzla doesn't get to play anyways we can yep. go on for a very long time of all the players who don't get to play in this i understand uh, the political ramifications of not allowing Russia to play. We all understand that. We don't need to spend any time on that. And I think that's also the right decision considering what's going on in the world. But yep. if you want to just have a Four Nations Cup, have a Four Nations Cup. I will watch it. I think owners of teams who have a lot more Canadian, American, Swedish, and Finnish hockey players on their team are going to be annoyed by it. Because yes. their players are going to be have more wear and tear than ones that don't. Right? So there's going to be some weird unbalanced there that Connor McDavid is going to be exhausted yeah. and on dry sidle is going to be fresh as a daisy. I think there's a weirdness there to it. My take again, not popular play in the Olympics every damn four years and just leave it at that. But I, nobody agrees with me. So 
It's yes. Well, I, I, I do. And I don't, um, I do. Yes. And I agree. I, I think they need to kind of keep this whole thing simple, simplified more. Don't try to do too much, but it would be really neat to see if Sweden played in Finland and Canada and the U S I mean, for example, you can get McDavid against Matthews and you just have all these names in your head going at it one-on-one, the best players in the game. When Pasternak sits on his couch. I still I think know. it's bizarre, right? I, I know. Really I know. I, I do. Uh, I agree. I agree. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Olympics. Just play the Olympics yeah. properly and everybody gets to go and then we get to get super jazzed once every four years for for, uh, for it and then we will have those memories forever. Because I can remember every single Olympic tournament where NHL players were allowed to play. I have vivid memories from all of them. So, and that's, that's what I want. I don't want to see this bits and pieces stuff, but again, Hey, it's marketing. You want to grow the game. I'll still watch it. I will watch the heck out of that tournament. Yeah, I, will I will watch too. every will single too. minute of it, but I'm just yeah. saying right now, do I think it's the best idea? I don't think it's the best idea. I think it's something they could work with, but I think just restricting it to four nations is a little weird. Uh, different, uh, last one too, different types of, of, um, events around the world. Um, one of them, Prince Harry, is a huge uh, part of the Invictus Games, and he was uh, in Vancouver before that game against San Jose, did the ceremonial puck drop. Uh, they're going to bring the games to Vancouver in 2025. Uh, you wanted just to weigh in on this, just a tiny bit on Prince Harry and Meghan. I have absolutely no thoughts whatsoever about the royal family of any nation. I just don't. I'm completely ambivalent, so I'm not going to get into that. I'm not a royalist. I'm not an anti-royalist. It does, none of this matters to me. I watch The Crown because it's a highly entertaining television. <laughs> it That's was as far. Good. <laughs> and it's on again, Ryan. It's on again. I'm really glad you mentioned that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hurry up so I can go watching it. it. Hurry up, finish. <laughs> so that's what I uh, that that's where yeah. I stand on royals in the world again of any, any nation. But the fact is, these two people, everybody knows who they are. And yeah. I got no fewer than two, and I know two isn't a lot of messages, but I got two messages this morning from people who don't really watch hockey, family members of mine who don't care, and they made a point of it made the news. It came up on their own social media that Megan. And Harry were not only at the game, but Harry dropped the puck. And my point is, any attention we can bring to our sport to bring more people, more yep. eyeballs, more conversations about, I love it. I love this novelty stuff. I would like to see more of this. Like whenever you see Will Arnett at a game or whoever it is, right? Basketball is so great at this. They interviewed Drake on the sidelines. Yeah. You know, they're so good. They've got this nailed and hockey is so much lagging behind. And just the fact that this brought up inspired a conversation amongst my, people in my family who don't care, but again, paid attention and watched some highlights from this hockey game because of this. I just think there should be more crossover between pop culture stuff people were talking about in the world and our great game. Just garners more attention. That's all. Yeah, you make a good point about how the NHL has been lagging behind in in this. Major League Baseball sucks too, by the way. Major League Baseball terrible. The NBA has done it well. They've done yep. it on a different level, and I agree. And yeah, if you're able to to get, as you said, a couple of more people texting you and a couple of more interested in the game, well, then you're doing the your Taylor job. Taylor Swift so. effect in the NFL. How many oh people my. are now paying attention to the NFL because Taylor Swift is BFFs with? Kelsey, right? Uh, it's I, I didn't know that. Really? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? Oh, right. <laughs> All right. We're out of time. Uh, going to be uh, a great uh, few days again. We're going to do this again in just a bit. Uh, great week to come in the National Hockey League. Always a pleasure doing this. 
And again, follow us on Twitter at Ryan and Peyton at Victoria Mattyash and uh, on Instagram at PatesRP at Mattyash Victoria and catch us wherever you get your podcasts, also on the SiriusXM app. On behalf of Vic, I'm Ryan. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. This has been Pucks in 7, available on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts.